welcome to this episode of the Dedicated Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing the play button on this episode. Thank you for giving this podcast a chance. I hope you are, are all having a lovely day so far. Um, thank you for um, hanging around and subscribing to this podcast and, uh, and um, seeing what this podcast is all about. The last few episodes or all the episodes up to this point, I've kind of just been talking about different aspects of my life and kind of going over, you know, the lessons that I've learned from it. Um, the reason why I'm doing that is because, you know, most of my growing up memories are still very fresh in my head, you know, me being only 28 years old. And I haven't really, obviously I, I do, you know, the quote unquote adulting things, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Cause I'm 28 and, you know, I assume those responsibilities but the earlier part of my life is still very fresh in my mind. And um, I'm still living in the consequences of what has happened in my early years. Not just, you know, consequences of things that I've done or haven't done, but also um, the environment I live in, the people I live with. And um, it's definitely a reflection of where our society is nowadays. And because of how difficult many different aspects of life have become, I really want to use this podcast to be an advocate for young people and for um, maybe the older generations, you know, even if you're like an older millennial or a Gen Xer or even older, if you're listening to this, there are young people in your life who are very confused and feel very purposeless coming up in this world. Um, and I, we don't want to exactly point fingers, you know, um, all the time about everything, but, you know, it is a world that we didn't choose to grow up in and the older generations did have, a a hand in making our world the way it is now. And we are looking to the older generations to give us some pointers, to give us some guidance and it seems like it that hasn't been working out. So if you are one of the older generations and you see the young people, younger people in your life, whether it's um, your, your younger children, your grandchildren, um, the young people at your church, young people maybe at your university if you're still going to school, um, nieces, nephews, family, friends, kids who, you know, are not, are missing one of their parents. You know what I mean? Um, Hopefully this will give you an idea of what we're going through and maybe give you some ideas on how to collaborate with us and, you know, help the younger people out. And also if you're a younger person, hopefully, you know, this will be a way for you to relate to somebody who's, you know, going through something similar to you and helping you, f um, helping you to realize that you're not alone and that, yes, you should have some guidance. You should have some um, support in what you're trying to do with your life and, you know, the heavy handed politics that we're given at such a young age now is really putting a damper on, um, growing up normally. So I get it. It's really tough. Um, and there's a lot of spe very specific situations that we all can relate to, uh, growing up in the society. So, you know, Hopefully we can relate to each other and you can tell me what you've gone through or something similar or, you know, 
the thing is, I haven't gone through like terrible, terrible, terrible things. It's just very, very little things over a long period of time that kind of just adds up to a bigger issue um, or multiple bigger issues. Thank God there hasn't been any um, like physical abuse in my life, but I have experienced emotional and um, and mental, the mental kind, and um, yeah, it definitely has have a heavy-handed effect on my life. But this does not mean that we have to live as victims, right? So whatever you've been through, you still have. God willing, lots of time ahead of you. And that's the time that you need to be looking towards and looking towards the right now, what you can do right now to make your situation better, to make the situation of those around you better because you are not an island. You do live in a community, even if it's just you and your pet or you and your significant other, you and your immediate family and you don't have any friends. Or even if you have no family and all you have are a few good friends, that's your community. And the way you, you know, build heaven on earth for yourself is to invest in that community in whatever way that you can without depriving yourself of um of care for yourself and love for yourself because you really can't love other people until you first learn to love yourself so um yeah this episode um was a long time coming. I kind of wanted to, honestly this was one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing this podcast because um, but also the thing is, I don't want to give it too much, um, heaviness. I, there's another word I'm looking for, but this topic is kind of sensitive and, um, but it's very near and dear to my heart and very relevant to my current situation that I just want to be, um, very, um, careful about my words and my thoughts and my, my, my heart, my, my, where my heart is toward this subject. That subject is my parents. Um, I love my parents. I'm grateful to my parents. Um, but before you, you know, start rolling your eyes and thinking about turning this off, um, this is not meant to be bashing my parents for what they did or didn't do. The, the point I'm trying to make with talking about my, my, my situation with my parents, my relationship with them, like I said, is to, you know, find people who might be listening who would, you know, couldn't, can relate and highlight the fact that unstable homes are becoming more and more prevalent in this country and people are const- are more and more looking outside of their homes for the support and love that they should have been getting from their parents. And, and and parents have a whole lot of responsibility on them. It's You really don't know what you're doing until you actually get into the situation of becoming a parent. And um, some it is often a thankless job, and it is the most important one, I, th- I, th- I think, to raise the next generation to be the best people that they can be while also trying to maintain yourself and your own sanity, I can imagine. I look forward to becoming a parent one day. I think I will do a pretty decent job and I've been told by other people that I would be, I would do a pretty good job. Won't really know until it happens, 
You know, being a parent now is not the same as it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago or longer, you know. More and more people are, you know, developing more issues, whether that is mental issues, physical issues, you know, developing them as they grow or even from birth, you know what I mean? That really does put a damper on the quality of life for a lot of people. And um, it does take a toll on marriages as well and on sibling relationships and top put that on top of, you know, what our economy is like right now. And um, yeah, juggling your, your, your own needs plus those of young people who you have created or adopted is just the huge, the most hugest responsibility <laughs> I could ever think of. And, and, um, I think really good parents should be uplifted and it should be pointed out. And the thing is, a lot of people think that, you know, and there, this is true to some degree. People think that, you know, each family is different, which is true. And you shouldn't really pass too much judgment on how people choose to raise their kids or how people choose to run their homes. That is true to an extent. The thing is, there are so many problems going on within the family unit, the nuclear family unit in this country that is so um, unstable and chaotic and not conducive to growth, like in my own home, um, that it's it's becoming more normal than than peace and stability and support and and all those good things that a family unit should be. And like I said, there's a lot of aspects to it, but um, I would think that, you know, it's the parents who start that, that community, that, that family unit. And it's why, that's why it's so important to choose your partner wisely and to have a clear vision of what you want your family to be before you start making it. Um, if you can, not everybody has that luxury, but planning ahead, you know, and juggling that with also trying to enjoy the present. And I think, I think it needs to be talked about more so that there's an emphasis put on it, that there's a, uh, immediate need for change to, to, to be, you know, to be at, at the forefront of our minds so that us young people who may want to start a family one day, we can really put some thought and prayer into that part of our lives before it actually happens. So I'm not trying to judge people. Yes, each family is different, and especially the privileges we have in the United States, we can all um, direct our families in different ways and it's all legal and it's all without shame for the most part, <laughs> as long as there's no abuse going on and that's okay. In other countries, it's not exactly like that. So I'm talking about my country. Um, but what I do want to do, like I said, is highlight what needs to be changed because I think more and more people can relate to the dysfunction of it all right now more than what it should be, what it ought to be, which is, you know, like I said, support and love and making a home a place where people want to come and have a respite. You shouldn't be, in my opinion, I, I don't think there's, there's no other place you could be other than home. And home means different, something different to each person. Um, but for me personally, what I wish my home could be like is a place where I want to 
be more than anywhere else. It should be, you should, you should not be walking on eggshells in your own home. You should not be, um, you, you should let your guard down when you step into your, into your front door. You should be able to relax and, um, and really be, and really release tension that you really only should be getting from the outside world. If you're getting the same amount or more, even more tension on the inside of your home than without it, then that's a huge, huge problem. And so, um, going back to what I'm trying to say with this episode specifically is, you know, um, I will outright say that I don't think my parents should be together and I don't think they were ever really meant to be together. Maybe that's not my place to say. I'm not God. You know what I mean? He has the final say in everything. And God turns around our mistakes for his glory and for the good of other people. And um, oftentimes that good that he's trying to create can be inhibited by our own selfishness, by our own um, short-sightedness and small-mindedness and our unwillingness to be humble and to put on God's character. So, you know, God can only take it so far. You know, he gave us power too um, and control, some control over our own life and our, our own at, um, environment. And um, so what was I trying to say with that? Um, I wish, I wish that... I would do wish my parents had done some things differently as they were bringing us up. I am grateful for a lot of what they did and um, did for us and my me and my siblings. Um, I don't really know where things went wrong. However, I will say that it's been weird kind of growing up out of, you know, being naive as a young, young child into a grown adult and figuring out what I'm okay with and what I'm not figuring out what I agree with and what I don't. And, um, as that has happened, um, I have developed different relationships with each of my parents, with my mom and my dad. Um, and just like I said before, I, I want to be gentle with what I say because they're both people and they're both very present in my life and that was a way, real weird way to say live. <laughs> I mix up my words sometimes, and then this weird accent comes out of my mouth sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've I've developed very different relationships with each of my parents, and um, it's very evident. Um, but I do want to mention how I appreciate how I've become friends with my mom. Um. You know how you kind of have to figure out how to become friends with your parents uh, as you grow older because, you know, <clears throat> you both have your own set of rules for your own life and you're developing into your own being and you kind of have to, you want to still love your parents and respect them, but you don't want to necessarily do everything that they do or everything that they have done. So, you know, while I'm still... I wish my relationship with both my parents was better. I do want to highlight the progress I've made with my mom because she's a very passionate woman and I love her so much. And um, It's easier to talk with her now than it used to be. 
which I'm very happy about. Um, it's she her life has not been easy, and uh, just like everybody else, she's made mistakes. And um, I like how transparent she is with me. I like how she knows how to say she's sorry when she's made a mistake, and how she listens to me when I have things to say. And, um, but she's still my mom, but we can have like really friendly talks too, which is nice. And, but I can always come to her for advice and I myself am learning when I should take her advice and when I shouldn't. <laughs> Cause I'm, it's really hard to learn as a, as a, as a, as a kid, as a daughter is to, um, realize that you don't always have to take your parents' advice and, you know, you you have to make that decision and use some discernment when their advice is relevant and true for your current situation. Or, you know, you can file their their advice away in the back of your mind and do what you want anyway. But you have to obviously be wise about it. So that's been really tough for me. I take what my mom says very seriously. And um, I think I have in a lot of ways, um, inhibited myself from doing a lot of things that I want to do because of what my mom has said. She's a very cautious person. Um, she did uh, a pretty good job of, you know, sheltering me and my sister when we were younger. And um, um, she was very protective, as she ought to be. It was really difficult, though, um, coming to terms with that as a teenager. Um, but I guess I understand it now. I wouldn't do things the way that she has done it. When I, if I were to have kids, at least I'm really, really working on, like, thinking about and planning what I would do differently and making sure I can implement that when the time comes for me to have kids. Um, but she did do the best that she could with what she had. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... So, but I do appreciate how um, we can talk to each other. Um, I would say that that's kind of the direct opposite with how things are with my me and my dad. Um, we don't speak very much. And um, he's let me down quite a bit as, I grew, as I've grown up. And I think he expects to have a certain position in my life that... Um, as I have grown older, I have not allowed for. Um, and one of the th reasons why things are like the way they are is because, well, the thing is, like, my parents have, you know, had a lot of loud arguments over the years. And um, it's really, and the thing is, I think most of our parents fight, you know what I mean? I think we can, pretty much everyone listening can relate to that. Maybe even worse than just verbal fighting, which is really awful, and I'm sorry if you've dealt with that. Um, but it, 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 over the years, because, and because I'm kind of a sensitive person, um, me and my, my sister, I, I, I think my sister is has a sensitive side too, but her 
the other side of herself is, I think, a bit stronger than her sensitive side, more prevalent than her sensitive side compared to me. So she, I think, has different reactions to um, my parents' um, issues with e excuse me with each other <clears throat> than I have. Um, they've they've fought so many times, so much that now, like even to this day, it's not as bad as it once was, but because, you know, my parents' fighting kind of comes in and out in phases. So sometimes there would be a long length of time where they aren't yelling at each other, which is nice. Um, but there's always, like, that cloud of tension in my house because things need to be said, but the, the people who should be listening to what is said don't want to listen and don't want to be humble in their heart, don't want to humble their hearts and take responsibility for their part of the problem. So um, that does put a big damper on how comfortable things are in my house. Um, but they used to yell at each other so much that I have like auditory hallucinations now. Like I hear them yelling when they're not yelling, um, which is really weird. You know, I've woken up many, many mornings to them yelling at each other. Like, that's the first thing I hear when I wake up in the morning. Um, yeah, it really does put a damper on how you start your day. Um, and um, because me and my sister are like the, you know, the innocent parties in the fugugledness of my home. There's a lot of eyes on us, I feel, and um, unwanted eyes, I would say. There's always this tension, this, you know, looking around to see who's doing what, what's going on with everybody, because, you know, we don't, you know, communicate what we're doing. And we don't communicate because we don't have that, like, base level of trust that you would hope mo most families have. And that has led to, you know, sneaking around, avoiding each other, a lot of secret keeping, and um, that's been prevalent in most of my upbringing. That's what I don't want to bring to my own household one day is, you know, I want to make sure that the people in my home are have humble hearts and have been, you know, um, have renewed minds and transformed hearts by the Lord and are not afraid to communicate and open up and be vulnerable. There are too many people, even if it's just one person or two people in my house, and namely there's probably one person, but even if there's one person in your home who isn't willing to do those things, that's one one person too many, I feel. Um, and it's one thing to like have a little bit of trouble being open and vulnerable, and when it's necessary, that's one thing. But, but you eventually kind of get around to it with a little bit of support from those around you. But, you know, it's another thing to be completely defensive and just not have the mind towards, like, you are no better or no, and no worse than anyone around you. Just because you have a certain status, you believe you should have a certain status in your own home. Like, you know, you're the father, the quote-unquote head of the home. You know, even if you are a mother and, you know, 
you think you, you know, you have all these privileges or all these rights because you, you know, have had so many children or you, you feel like you've, you know, whatever the case may be or, you know, or because you're the youngest and the baby of the family or whatever it is you think that you, you know, what your position is in your family. It does not make you better or worse than everyone else. You, you don't have more worth than anyone else. And I, I hate that entitlement. It, it has no place in a family. It really doesn't. Um, and so I just want to highlight, like I said, what that kind of dysfunction does to the younger people in a, in a family who are just trying to observe what's going on and grow. There is no room for growth in my home. Um, there have been days that have been so difficult because of other people's attitudes, specifically my, my parents and my older siblings, um, in my home, um, attitudes and just insults flying, unpredictable behavior, um, happening at just random times that there have been days where I lock myself in my room if I had my own room, which for quite a while I have now, thank God. Um, I don't come out the whole day. There have been days where, like, I hurt myself because I don't go to the bathroom when I need to. Or there's something that I need that I would have to venture outside of my room f to get. Um, and, um, like, water or toilet paper or food. Um, and that has made me do a lot of like door dashing, um, like food delivery. So I eat a lot of, have eaten a lot of junk food just to avoid going to my own kitchen. Um, cause my kitchen is where everyone congregates and that's where you have people's eyes on you wondering what you're doing and, and, uh, you really just want to be left alone. You don't want, you don't want a place in other people's problems. You don't want to be the one expected to validate other people's existence. And it's been really hard coming out of that mindset, coming out of that victim mindset or that mindset or like that that fear of other people watching you, you know. That's the thing, like this isn't, isn't a home supposed to be where you're like you're going about your business and, you know, you don't have to say hi to everyone you, you cross paths with in your own home, you know what I mean? Like, you're just all there living together. It's an unspoken agreement that, like, everyone's going about their business and you can leave each other alone, especially if you're all adults. You know what I mean? I just wish that we all had, like, I wish there was a consistent amount of maturity here and a consistent amount of consideration. And there isn't. And it's been built up, these habits have been built up over a long time. And over the past few years, I've just been desperate to get away. Absolutely desperate. Which is sad because I don't want to specifically leave my mom and my sister behind. And I've had a lot of comments from people like who get a glimpse of what it's like living in my home. And they're like, why don't you just leave? That's what I did. I've never thought that there's an idea of why don't you just leave? I don't think it's ever that easy. Especially, like I said, in the kind of in the kind of world we're living in now, it's not so easy to get a, an apartment nowadays. It's not so easy to move cities or move states. 
for a job or or something like that. It's not the way it used to be. You can't just easily save up for a house in 10 years or less, something like that. And, you know, things are moving so rapidly, the way things are progressing. It's, it's overwhelming, to say the least. And having those expectations on young people to do it all on their own, basically, without the support and the guidance of the older generations is, once again, overwhelming, to say the very least. And it feels unfair sometimes. I cannot imagine leaving behind my family. There are times where it seems more doable than other times. Um, and, it's been t and it's been tough, like, focusing on myself, like, purely. Because, like I said, if, if we were all helping each other to achieve our goals, you know, having that, that ideal amount of consideration for each other, just to leave each other alone and be there if we need support or need help or advice. But everyone just leaving each other alone and doing their own thing. But also having the comfort to, <clears throat> like, spontaneously come together and, like, do something fun. I don't do things, like, fun things all together with my family anymore. That's just not a thing. We don't dine at, we don't all sit at the dining room table to eat anymore. That's a long gone thing, you know. If one person is already taking up space, even a little bit of space in the kitchen, no one else wants to be in there when someone else is. I mean, different dynamics are different people, you know, it's different. So if my sister's in the kitchen, yeah, I'll probably stay in the kitchen to keep her company or to, you know, make my food right alongside her while she's doing her thing. It's different with, you know, another, other, you know, a whole other person in my family. It just wouldn't happen that way because... There's just this, like, tension, and there's this unspoken, you know, and it's unspoken, it's not dealt with, because, because there's so much trust lost, and there's so much that isn't willing to be, um, what am I trying to say? There's there's so much trust lost and there's so much that can't be just fixed in one I'm sorry or one conversation. It has to be like an overtime thing where things are gradually getting better and gradually being considered. And um, I wish I wish it was I wish it wasn't like that. Um. I'm willing to be open and vulnerable so that we, you know, me and another person can come to an agreement about what our relationship is like, or maybe so that our relationship can grow and flourish. But you know what? My feelings need to be considered. My thoughts and ideas need to be considered. Not necessarily agreed with every time, but they need to be respected. I'm not less than because I'm a woman. I'm not less than because of the color of my skin. I'm not less than because of my how of my appearance or my level of education or my perceived relationship with the Lord. I am a person with a heart who is open to love and and to be humble. But I'm not going to be a doormat. And that's kind of what I've 
realized. Like, if, if there's a problem between you and me, there's going to be some genuine apologies and some change in behavior. Because that is what I would do for someone that I care about. And if that person does not do the same for me, you know, I wish no harm on them. I wish no um, ill will on them. You know, they can go ahead and do what they want. But that does not mean I have to have any part in it and whatever they want to do or whatever they think. That's been really tough to learn over the last few years. Um, the the way things have developed o- over the years with my with my family with my parents, starting with them. I I did mean to speak more about them, but like I said, I I live under their roof still, and despite what I the kind of relationships I have with my parents, I think I need to be careful about what I say while I still am living with them. And maybe it'll be different one day once I, once I can be out on my own, God willing, and um, I can be more transparent about things. But as things are now, you know, things need to be said, but in a gentler way. Um, but I'm going to still continue to do my best to grow where I am. It's really, really tough. Like, one day, maybe I'll have my sister and my brother, and it'll be easier to convey just how little growth there is able to be in this house. Every time we try to start a garden, somebody has a problem with it, you know, or tries to tries to say this isn't allowed, that isn't allowed, these ideas aren't allowed. I don't care about your feelings. Maybe not overt, but covertly, that's the message we're getting. Anytime we try to start something new, anytime we try to make make plans to do something, you know, the group of us. We need to be very careful about who we're inviting in our group because anybody trying to hijack the whole, all of the plans is not somebody you want to hang out with. I don't care if they are my fam- someone in my family. I'm sorry. You got to learn how to be compromising and to consider other people's wishes and ideas. I don't care who you think you are. And coming into my own as an adult has been really tough, like I said. Still having the kind of mind um, mind of who I used to be, like having the memories of who I, how, how I grew up, trying to, for lack of a better word, evolve into, um, grow into someone who is living my own life, and I don't have to necessarily live the life of my parents. I can do things better. They chose their life. They chose the path that they're on. I can choose a different one. It's tough because, you know, sometimes, at least traditionally in the United States, that means leaving your family behind for a while to find your own place in the world, you know, and maybe coming back. The things are so shaky between my parents right now and between all of us right now. It's just kind of like you want to get away, but you don't want to, Whatever responsibility you have, you don't want to ra- want to run away from your responsibility. So I just feel very stuck in the middle, and I've have I've felt stuck for years. I'm o- more okay with it now, just because like I am making my own plans and making my own life a little bit more now. But it's really hard to create any sort of routine in a house that of people who don't get along. You know. You, you want to include everybody, but you also want to just be an individual first and foremost. And balancing that is 
the hardest thing, the absolute hardest thing. And so, um, obviously, I want to talk more about this later because I want to encourage, relate to you all, like I said, but encourage you all who have similar experiences, not growing up in a stable home, a home where you can come back to, you feel like is stable enough for you to come back to should you run into any trouble. You know, I feel like my home is the trouble a lot of the times and I'm just waiting for an out, you know, waiting for a sign that God says, okay, you can leave now. Um, I know a lot of young people are dealing with this and are very conflicted. And if you're listening and you're going through something like this, I just want to tell you to know that no matter how much gaslighting you've gone through, no matter how much, um, how much you've had to self, self-soothe over the past few years because you don't have anybody there to help comfort you, I see your struggle. And I believe that things will get better for you. I pray that you come to know the Lord because he sees everything you're going through. And he doesn't like that you're not growing up in peace. He's not liking that you don't have the support of the people around you who should be supporting you. But he is in your corner. The Lord is in your corner. He's kept you safe up to this point. You're still alive. He's there to rest all your burdens, to rest from the horrifically confused world that we live in, um, to give you some order and some, um, some compassion and mercy. You don't have to be so hard on yourself. You can create the life that you want. You can f- still follow God's plan for your life despite what your parents have done, despite what your siblings have done or your grandparents. There is hope for you, and you are worthy of growth. You are worthy of life. You are worthy of joy. And you are worthy of making a difference. And having your needs and wishes met um, respectfully of everyone else around you, obviously. But you can find the love and support that you are craving. And I would say don't, don't give up looking for it. Don't give up on yourself. Continue to try to find routine in your life, something that, things that you like to do that builds you up into a better person each and every day. Continue looking for what gives you purpose. Don't stop. Just because there's dysfunction in your world right now, that that part of your world does not define you. You have so much potential in you to do more and to do better. And your future family will thank you for being strong. Please stay strong. The Lord loves you. I love you. And I see your struggle, like I said. 
So I hope you, um, I hope you find this encouraging and I hope you live the rest of your week in some semblance of more peace than you experienced before. I'm going to try to find my own peace no matter what's going on. I'm going to try to, um, I'm going to try to not necessarily forget what I've gone through, but just um, use what I've gone through as fuel for my future, for whatever God has planned for me. And look forward to it. Enjoy this day as best as I can without worrying too much. You know? That's all you can do. Um, and I, I hope you come back next week to listen to what more that I have to say about this particular topic. I'm really hoping to get some um, guests on this show sometime soon. I have to buy a new microphone. <laughs> I only have one. <laughs> um, so hopefully I can get that started and get some more perspectives on this podcast other than my own. Get some new viewpoints and advice from well-respected people. Um, yeah. And uh, if you would like, I hope you uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, um, which I need to be more active on. But, you know, life is busy. <laughs> And um, tell me if you relate to everything or something that I've said today and maybe some advice that you've gained from your experiences. I would love to hear it so that we can share it with everyone listening. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>